Um, I don't know if you've ever gone somewhere and realized you weren't prepared for the situation. You didn't have the right tools. You didn't have enough food. I don't know. You just weren't, weren't prepared. Uh, a couple, th- not this last December, but the December before, uh, we took our young adults to uh, Holiday in the Park, Six Flags Holiday in the Park. And when we got there, it was beautiful. It was like low 70s, nice uh, and sunny. And um, y'all know, Texas, we can go 50 degrees difference in one day, okay? And this was that day. And so we started the day, and we're there, and it's, it's pleasant, but it didn't take very long. The clouds started rolling in, and a major cold front hit. And by about 4 o'clock, it was in the 30s, and it was wind blowing, and we were miserable because no one was prepared. I mean, I did have a jacket on, but it was a light jacket. Uh, there was one guy who, he was wearing a t-shirt and shorts. And I mean, I, have you ever been cold to the bone? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Just not a little cold. I was cold so bad. And we go in this store and we're just going in to get warm. And that poor guy with the t-shirt, he's like, I got to buy something. So he's looking for a sweatshirt. I don't know if Six Flags knows what things cost in the rest of the world, okay? But it's like, I'd like a water bottle. That'd be $7. <laughs> okay, so he's buying like a $60, $70 sweatshirt. And, and when you forget, sometimes it costs you, okay? And we were so miserable, we couldn't stay. Um, and um, it was because we weren't prepared. If I would have had a coat, I've been in way colder situations, okay? But if you got coat, gloves, I mean, it was colder this morning than it was there. And, um, and if you were prepared, you would have been okay. And I've had sometimes, I don't know about you, when I was not prepared for what was coming at me, okay, I was not prepared for the stress that the situation was going to give and, or the pressure that was going to come and then the, the stress that it caused. I wasn't prepared. I could have been, but I wasn't. There's been some times in my life when I was not prepared for the temptation that the enemy was going to bring and it caused me to fall into some things that I regret. And I don't know if you've ever been there. I was not prepared, okay? And if, but if I would have been, if I would have had the tools and been ready, I, I don't, wouldn't have struggled the way that I did. And sometimes we struggle because we're not ready, okay? And, and I want to help us get ready, and I'm going to tell you how we are going to be ready. But I want to give you one more way of looking at what we're going to talk about today. Um, and we're going to ask you to imagine something, okay? Imagine you know a 16-year-old uh, kid who is getting, they're driving for the first time, okay? And I'm surprised at the people they give driver's licenses to these. <laughs> I've been a youth pastor for 17 years, okay? And, or 16 years almost. And, um, and I, 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 so it shocks me. <laughs> they can't even walk through the building without tripping on something and they give them a driver's license. But anyway, so they go out and they're driving, you know, uh, first time and they call you and say, my car it broke down. I'm stuck on the side of the road. Can you come help me? And so you go out there to see, and I know some of us are going to be no help. All right, that would be, probably be me. And they got the hood up, and they're looking. And guys, I don't know, I, we lift the hood, and I'm like, well, it looks like it's all there. I don't, I don't even know what I'm looking at, okay? And, uh, you know, so you know, they're sitting there trying to figure it out. You sit inside the car, and you're like, well, the light, everything's on, but it says E. Did you put gas in it? And, and if this kid says to you, what do you mean? Like, put gas in it. Okay, now obviously no one's going to be this, you know, ignorant in our culture, but you would imagine, like, well, how would you not know that you, gotta, you need some gas in order for your car to go, okay? Now, here's the situation that we have found ourselves in, many people, many Christians, is that they are stuck, and they don't know that they're without gas, okay? They do not know that they're without what they need to get going forward. They're stuck in an addiction, stuck in depression or stress, stuck in that they haven't done anything for God in years. 
You used to, but you haven't done anything for God in years. You're stuck, okay? You're not moving forward. You're stuck. And the reason that we're stuck is we're missing something. So one of my favorite scriptures um, in the Bible is just because of how it just seems funny to me. It's probably not funny to anybody else, but uh, the way it happens. So uh, Paul goes and he finds some Christians in a town and he asks them this question. And he says, there he found some disciples, okay, and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Okay, so it starts out as like, hey, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So these are Christians, they believed, they're disciples. If Paul called them a disciple, okay, I think we should agree they're disciples. Okay, these are Christians. And he says, did you receive the Holy Spirit? Apparently, there are some Christians that don't have the Holy Spirit in the way that they are able to, okay? And, and they go on, this is part of the thing, says, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And I know that's not funny to anybody at me, but it's like, how could you not know about this very important thing that, that there is a Holy Spirit? Now, in our culture today, especially, it would be hard to find someone that has not heard of the Holy Spirit that is a Christian, okay? If you've been in church very long, you've heard of the Holy Spirit. And um, the deal is, though, many of us don't have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Many of us are struggling and are stuck because we do not know how we're supposed to relate to the Holy Spirit. That we, we have kind of this weird thoughts about him and we don't know him and we're not close to him and he's not empowering you. It's like the gas in the car. You're gonna not go very far as a Christian without him. And so we need, that's why Paul said, do you know? Because he knew they needed him. And by the way, if you keep reading, um, he lays hands on them and they receive the Holy Spirit. He wasn't gonna leave them in that state. And so we want to receive the Holy Spirit and know him. So I wanna give you one more thought though about this um, the 16-year-old that's too stupid to put gas in the car, okay? If about a week later, uh, he calls you again and he says, uh, I have a problem, I'm stuck again, my car won't run anymore. And you go, okay, did you put gas in it? <laughs> and he's like, well, yeah, you were there last time when I did. Have you driven a lot? Yeah, well, you got to put more in, okay? And you'd be like, come on now, this is too easy. Now, I, I say that because I know a lot of Christians who had an encounter with the Holy Spirit, and they think that that was it. There is a continual filling of the Holy Spirit that we need. We need him regularly. You need to put more gas in the car. You need to have the Holy Spirit with you always. And we need to uh, continually seek him and know him. So if you are kind of like, woo, about the Holy Spirit, what is this thing? Uh, you really need this message. You need to know, okay, let me just say it. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. You need to know. And if, if you've been, uh, you know, you've known the Holy Spirit and, and you've, you've experienced Him, you've, you've had an encounter, I want you to know you still need the Holy Spirit. We need to grow in Him every single day and to learn more about Him. Now, when you start talking about the Holy Spirit, people get kind of weird, okay? And they start getting worried. It's like, oh no. So like, oh, I brought a friend today. He's going to talk about the Holy Spirit, okay? One time I had a teenager come up to me and he said, next week my friend's coming. And I was like, okay. He says, just when you're preparing your message, I want you to know my friend's coming. I was like, please don't do anything weird, okay? It's like, oh no, it's gonna be one of those weird ones, okay? Talk about the Holy In fact, there are some, I've even heard people say, you need to watch out for people that talk about the Holy Spirit. Now, do you realize what you just said? You just need to watch out for people that talk about God. Because the Holy Spirit is God. Okay, you know that, right? The Holy Spirit is a part of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit is God. So you're sitting there saying, oh, you don't want to talk too much about that Holy Spirit. Oh. I don't want to talk too much about God. 
Okay, that's a weird thing to say, but this is the kind of attitude that we get in our culture and in our world, especially church culture. And um, the Holy Spirit is God. Look, we, we know these passages. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We're like, oh, the Father, we like him, okay? He, he forgives us of our sins. He sent his Son. We love the Son. We really love the Son, all right? Jesus, he died for us. He paid the price for our sins. And then there's the Holy Spirit. Well, let's not talk about him too much, okay? We really, as long as we got the Father and the Son, we're pretty good, but we're missing the third part and, and the one that Jesus sent to be with us and to, to guide us. And so um, we need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. Now, I understand a little bit the resistance we have to wanting to know the Holy Spirit more because some of us have seen weird stuff and people said, that's the Holy Spirit, okay? That was my, I grew up in a lot of different places, a lot of small towns. We moved a lot as a kid. And uh, I mean, I was in like fourth and fifth grade and, and we went to this church for a while. And um, anytime somebody did something strange, they would say that was the Holy Spirit. So, I mean, I was a kid, so I kind of had names for people. I called it the shaken lady. And there was a lady every time we prayed, you know, she would start with two fingers and by the end, her whole self would be shaken. And then there was, uh, there was the yelling guy, okay? And he would just randomly, we'd be singing all of a sudden, he would just start going, woo, okay? And I was like, okay. And then there was a running guy. And I don't know, he, right in the middle, he sat over here and he would stand up and he would literally just run two or three laps, Okay, I guess he didn't get his cardio in, and he, and he would stop. And so I'm like in fifth grade, and I go up to someone and say, what? Why did they do that? Oh, that's the Holy Spirit. I don't know if I want the Holy Spirit, you know? <laughs> fifth grade, I'm like, I don't want that. I can't be in my math class, and all of a sudden, you know, I, I, I can't, that can't happen. I can't, just, uh, uh, so I don't know. I don't know if I really want that, okay? And so we see that, in fact, that the running guy, okay, I played drums, and I was on the drums one Sunday morning. He got up, and I, we were singing a soft song. It was like, you know, I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice, okay? And he just, whoop, and he started running down the front, and he didn't make the turn, and he ran right into the wall, and I said, the Holy Spirit ran that guy into the wall, and I don't know if you've ever tried not to laugh, and I'm on the drums just shaking. I'm trying not to laugh so hard, but, uh, and here's the thing. The Holy Spirit gets blamed for weird things, but I always want you to understand. The Holy Spirit is not weird. There are people that are weird <laughs> and do weird things, and, and um, I, I'm not going to get into too much about all that, but I just want you to know the Holy Spirit is, it, it does not ever take control. The subject of the, uh, the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet, is what Corinthians says. He does not make you do weird things, okay? That's not the way that works. And so don't give him the blame for the weird things that have been seen. And then maybe even worse than that is that there's been some teaching, and like I said, where it's like you need to avoid people that talk too much about the Holy Spirit. And there are churches that even would speak against learning and knowing too much about the Holy Spirit. So, I mean, just imagine, okay, if, if you were the devil, okay, don't look at your spouse. I'm not talking about the person next to you, okay? If you were the devil, okay, and you knew that if people got too close to the Holy Spirit, that he would begin to speak to them, change their life, empower them to do ministry and do all the incredible things we're gonna talk about the Holy Spirit does. Wouldn't you wanna convince people that he's strange and you don't really need him? Absolutely, and that's what he's done. That we have entire groups of Christianity that would say, oh, you know, just we really just need the Son, he forgives us and we'll be fine. And what we need is the Holy Spirit. So I wanna help you know a little bit more about the Holy Spirit today. And the first thing I want you to know about the Holy Spirit is that he speaks. He will speak to you, and when he speaks, it's life-changing. And we need the voice and the, uh, of the Holy Spirit in our life every single day. We really do. We need the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to us. Here's the scripture. It says, but the helper, that's when I pause. 
why would we not want someone who is called the helper? I mean, okay, if you've got little kids and my, my sons come up to me, daddy, can I help? Okay, this is gonna take a lot longer than it was before. <laughs> not that kind of helper, all right? We're talking about a real helper, okay? Like, like you're trying to dig a swimming pool with a shovel and your friend shows up with an excavator, all right? He, you know, he can get it done, all right? So he is the helper. The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. He will teach you, he's gonna speak to you, he's gonna teach you, and he's gonna bring to your remembrance what you have learned in scripture and what God has said to you. Now, this is one of those things that I, I have seen so much in my life and in fact, I hadn't realized that it, what was happening until one day I was reading this and I saw this bring to your remembrance and, and I begin to realize how much, see the Holy Spirit speaks and one of the ways he speaks is through God's word. And of course, sometimes it's we're reading it and all of a sudden something comes alive. Have you ever been reading it? And it's like, oh wow, that is so for me. And it's like some part of it spoke to you. That is a work of the Holy Spirit. But he also will do this where he will bring to remembrance something. So I remember this starting to happen in me even as a child, okay? I, I mean, I was, uh, see, probably 10 or 11 years old, um, the Holy Spirit began to do this in my life. I was the, I remember, I don't remember a lot from a kid, I'm pretty forgetful, but when the Holy Spirit does something, it's weird how you can remember. Um, I was uh, about 10 and I loved to ride my bike, okay? And I would ride it up and down my street. My parents had a rule, I had to stay on my street. But my friends in the town, they would come from other streets and we'd be riding and then they would all want to go and I had to stay, okay? And so uh, we've been riding up and down my street and uh, my friend and I, we got tired, so we're sitting on the porch and he goes, hey, let's ride over to this other place, this park. And I was like, I can't ride over there. I'm not allowed to leave my street. And he says, well, they'll never know. Your parents will never know. We'll just go and then come back. And here's the thing, in that moment, I don't know if you know this, but you have a flesh, a sinful nature, and you have a spirit, okay? And my flesh was like, that sounds like fun. And part of me was like, they will never know probably. I mean, you know, I'm just gonna leave the street, come back down there. And I honestly was really quite embarrassed that I was the only one of my friends who was not allowed to leave the street, okay? And so I really wanted, and I, but I also remember so clearly in that moment, for some reason, all I could think was, Children, obey your parents, and the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and mother. And I was like, and this verse became so strong in my head, and I said, no, I'm not gonna do it. Now, I didn't know that my mom was in the house and could hear our conversation. Now, I'm gonna tell you, have you ever had a time, if you would have heard the Holy Spirit, it would have saved you a lot of pain, okay? As <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? And by the way, I actually got to start riding off my street pretty quickly after that. I guess they decided they could trust me. But, uh, you know, it's amazing. If we would hear the Holy Spirit and let him in those moments speak and we pay attention, okay, he will, he will save us a lot of pain. And that was as a child, but I want you to know, today he still uses this. Um, and sometimes it's completely unexpected. Just a couple of months ago, um, I don't, it's hard to explain exactly what I was dealing with. I was just um, down. You ever just be down for, it had been for a few weeks and I was not motivated. I just felt kind of blah. And, and I was just sad a lot um, for no reason. Um, and I don't know if you call it depressed or what, but I was just sad. And of course I didn't tell anybody because I'm a man and I don't let anybody know. And I'm, I'm literally headed from everybody. My wife didn't know, nobody knew. I just was sad. And I, the, the day I came to kind of a moment was I was on the bed with my daughter. We were tickling, you know, just playing. And she's laughing and I'm sad. 
And I'm just sitting there, I'm like, and as it's going on, I go, this is not okay. There's something wrong with me. <laughs> and I shouldn't be feeling this way because this is a joyful time. And uh, so a little later that day, I'm by myself, I'm sitting in a chair and I just close my eyes and I say, Lord, I think something's wrong with me. I don't know how to fix it. And I'm just praying and asking him to help. And just suddenly this verse comes into my mind. And uh, I can remember that, you know, it says, if your eyes are bad, your whole body's full of darkness. So I looked at the verse and I read it and it says, when your eyes are good, this is Luke eleven thirty four. 34, when your eyes are good, your whole body's full of light. And when they are bad, your body is full of darkness. And um, he just began to speak to me, okay, beyond that, that there was, I have a bad habit, okay, I, I would just sit there and anytime I was free, I'd be on my phone. You know, I like YouTube shorts and all these kind of reels. I'm sitting there. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. I'm at a stoplight, ding, 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 you know, <laughs> walking down the hall, ding, 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 whatever. Anytime I had a moment, I'm on that. And, and he's like, your eyes are bad. You're putting stuff in front of you. I was like, well, it's not bad things. I'm not looking at sin necessarily, but just, and anyways, he began to minister to me, okay? And I began to see I need to put light in front of myself and a couple other verses. And this was amazing, okay? I stood up different. And I want, this is, I was not, I have not felt that way since. I have not had that sadness in me. Now, he gave me some things to do to continue in that. You gotta obey or you're gonna go right back. But it was amazing what in that moment, the healing that happened in my life because he spoke. And this is what I want you to know is that he will speak to you. He's gonna bring God's word to your mind. He's gonna speak to you. When you're reading it, he's gonna speak through it and it's gonna make an impact on your life, okay? And I've seen this in so many times in my life and others' lives where he, he just gives them a word from the scripture. And the other thing I want you to know is he will speak directly to you. He will speak just to you. And, and it just suddenly a word will come to you. This is scripture, okay? But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you, okay? We're talking about the Holy Spirit who will guide you in your life. You need his guidance. We need his guidance into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak. <laughs> he will speak. We need to believe he's gonna speak. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. Now, some people hear that, oh, you're gonna tell me what's gonna come. I'm gonna be playing the lottery with the Holy Spirit. Okay, no, that's not, that's not, that's not at all. Okay, if you're listening to the Spirit, he's gonna tell you not to probably play the lottery, okay? And so, but he, what he is gonna do is he's gonna, he knows when we are making decisions what we need to do, and he's gonna speak to you. And one thing I've kind of noticed is usually when he speaks to me, it is not what I want him to say. <laughs> you know, it's not what my flesh wants him to say. You, you see, um, like one time I'm in, I'm here at the church and this young adult came in and I kind of knew that she had had some financial problems. And just suddenly in my spirit, it was like, give her everything in your wallet. And I was like, well, I don't carry very much cash. This will be okay. So I get it out and I found there's like $25. And then I was like, oh, wait. I had a little bill folded and it was a hundred. And I was like, really? Like, <laughs> like right now, just the unfolded part, right? No, I was like, okay, all right, I'll do it. And I gave her, and she was like, thank you. And, and you know, and I don't know what came of that, but I just trust the Holy Spirit, okay? You said do it. And it tell, it's not my flesh, okay? Because I don't just come up with those things on my, by myself, okay? And, and so he, he will speak things to you. Um, there was a time in my life, I'm not gonna get into the details, but I was about to do something I regretted. Okay, I mean, I was right about to do it. And in that moment, I just felt so strongly, no. And I was like, okay. And I didn't do it. I, I, I just, it was, one of those, I just, I was 20 years ago and I still remember it. Just that, no, don't do it. And he will speak to you. Now, people get in trouble a little and they don't, they struggle to listen to the Holy Spirit. So the, the Holy Spirit uh, will speak to your born again spirit and then through your mind. And so sometimes people, we struggle to, 
deal with, okay, was that my thoughts or was that the spirit, okay? And through practice and through listening and through learning, you will begin to distinguish the difference, okay? And, and, and like I said, um, sometimes people have a trouble with this. And one, one key thing, if it, if it contradicts the word of God, it is 100% not the Holy Spirit. Okay, it, he will never contradict what God has already said. If he gives you permission to sin in your situation, it was your flesh telling you that, okay? And so we gotta be careful. You gotta be careful when you're highly emotional, okay? Um, I've known <laughs> over the years of dozens of people who, who knew the Lord told them who they were gonna marry, okay? I mean, they were sure. And uh, the, the problem was God didn't tell the other person. And, uh, and so, but the, the deal is, is their emotions get all tied in, okay? And then one person even got mad at God because they said, God lied to me. Wouldn't you rather say, I misunderstood what he was saying? Okay, and so we need to learn. It, it, I'm not saying it's always easy, but um, he will speak to us and we need to expect him to speak. We need to expect him to speak. And so he speaks, we need to listen. If you're not expecting to hear from the voice of God, you're gonna, he will speak and you won't even recognize it. He will bring a scripture to your mind and you'll pass it off and just keep moving. When we, when we hear, when that happens, we need to go and we need to find it in, in the word and read it and see, Lord, what are you trying to say to me? Um, he will say no and you'll just go, I don't know why I thought that. And you just go right on into the problem, okay? We need to expect him to speak and we need to listen for it and those things will change us. Next, he produces. I wish I had a way to emphasize how important this next part is. The problem is I'm gonna read a verse and you're gonna go, yeah, I don't know that verse, okay? And it's one of those things that we hear it so much that it doesn't mean as much to us anymore. So I'm gonna try and help us, um, but here's the scripture. He produces fruit, okay? But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The fruit is this, these things, okay? He produces them in our life. Now, I don't know if you, recognize how different your life would be if these were fully realized in your life. So I wanna give you context because I think it'll help us understand the importance. So I'm gonna just go back to verse 16. This is Galatians 5, 22. I'm gonna go back to 16. So, so I say, live by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. I talked a little about it a while ago, that we have a sinful nature, right? That the, the flesh, and then there is the spirit, okay? And what he wants us to do. And so you have these two things, okay? And he says, live by the spirit or walk in the spirit. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict. So there's the, the sinful part of us, the flesh part and, and the worldly side. And then there's the spirit and they're in conflict with each other. Okay, they're, they're against each other. So that you do not do what you want. Now, all of us have experienced not doing what we want, okay? It doesn't even have to talk about flesh and, and, and spirit, okay? Just in our general life. I mean, there's the part of me that wants to eat healthy and the part of me that likes rolls. Y'all know what I mean? I'm, I'm at the restaurant and my wife, would you like more rolls? It's like, yes, always yes. And like, you've already had five, my wife tells me. I'm like, <laughs> it's like, I know, but they're so good, okay? And even that simple thing, okay? It's like, I struggle with what I want. Now, when it comes to the things of the spirit and the flesh, there is this, I don't do what I want. In fact, Romans 7 just says it so, every time I read it, it's so like, oh, that's me. It's like, the things I want to do, I do not do. And the things I do, I do not, whatever. I can't, it's a tongue twister. But it's like, I don't do what I want to do. And I do the things I don't want to do. And um, we, we feel that. And so there's this conflict between our flesh and our spirit. And 
you have probably, I know you've experienced this. Everybody has dealt with this in their life. And here's, here, it was like this. I want to be more patient with my family. And then you're not patient. I, I'm not going to yell again. I'm not going to let that come out in my house. And then things get stirred up and the flesh wins. I'm not going to look at this stuff anymore. I'm not going to look at pornography anymore, you decide. And then your flesh takes over. And, and there's this, I want the things that I want, and I don't do what I want. And we want to, we need the Holy Spirit to overcome those things. So then he goes on and he lists um, the work, many of the works of the flesh. He talks about sexual morality, drunkenness, uh, rage, and jealousy, and all the like, okay? And then he gets back to this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I want you to understand this. This is what he produces in your life when you have a close relationship with him. So when I was dealing with sadness and I did not have joy, and I was like, something's wrong with me. I need to get better. I need to fix this. The, the problem is, does Jonathan produce joy or does the Spirit produce joy? It's the Spirit. And what I needed was the Spirit. I didn't need to, you know, figure myself out. I needed the Spirit to produce those things. And when I see a gap between this and my life, what I realize is I need more of the Spirit. And so you want to do different in your relationship with your spouse or your family. And you're like, I don't, there's this gap between the way I'm acting and the way I'm doing and the way I know I want to do. What you need is the Spirit. If the Spirit began to produce gentleness and patience in you, you would be different. And so I'm looking at my life and I'm not acting the way I want. I need more of the Spirit. I need to pursue the Spirit and let Him produce <coughs> these things in me. You are so stressed. You need the Spirit to produce peace. <coughs> we think, no, I need to get all the stress out. I get all the problems out. What we need is Him to give us peace. He can get us through the storm. Any storm, any battle, you can have peace if you're walking with the Holy Spirit. <coughs> We need self-control. And we look at the issue that you keep falling back in into the addiction and the struggle, and I quit it 10 times already. I quit it 100 times already. And what I need is more of the Holy Spirit. So we need to learn to let him produce these. We need to know that he produces. Now, <clears throat> sometimes he will produce those things when we listen. He will speak to you just like when me. I, all I needed was a voice, a word from him, and instant there was that joy that it was, was lacking. We also, <clears throat> we need to be filled. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That is a, something that we are pursuing and desiring to be filled by him. In Ephesians chapter five, verse 18, it says this, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now I wanna emphasize the be filled with the Holy Spirit, but I always thought it was weird. It's like, why does he have this drunk on wine and the Holy Spirit thing together? Like, and some people, the weird people, have tried to say, well, because when you got the Holy Spirit, it's like you're drunk. Okay, no, it's not, that's not, you missed the whole thing, okay? It's not like that at all, okay? There is, if you can see though, you've got the, the sinful nature, okay? The flesh and the spirit, and you can yield towards one or the other. In fact, one reason that a lot of people get drunk is because they're dealing with something inside and they don't wanna feel it anymore. They're sad, they're, they're upset, they're stressed. The day was hard and I need that so I cannot feel. He said, no, no, we don't go to the flesh to deal with our issues. We go to the Holy Spirit. And so he says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. And um, this is not a, a one-time be filled, okay? The word here is, it's be filled, it's like be continually filled. Okay, you need to stay being filled. Um, <clears throat> if I had a basket of fruit, okay, and I walk out in the foyer, 
Eh, that might not go over quick. Uh, if I had a box of donuts, okay, <laughs> and I went out in the foyer and I was going to say, anybody want some donuts? These guys right here could wipe them out, okay? And some of you would help, right? you know what I'm saying? And they'd be gone, which would not be good unless I had some more that I could keep putting in there, okay? And I just keep filling it up, handing them out, because they're going to get used, okay? Here's the thing about the fruit of the Spirit and the things that He does in us, okay? He gives you that fruit of joy. That was good. Do I need joy again? We need more of the Spirit, okay? He, it is for use, okay? And we, we're continually receiving more. It's like the gas in the car. You're going to keep filling it up and keep using it, and we just have this continual relationship with the Holy Spirit so that we are filled and He produces those fruit in our life so that we can continue in that and the joy and the peace and all the things that He has for us. So we need to be filled. And then... He empowers. He gives power. He empowers us to live a different kind of a life. Now, well, let me just show you the scripture. It says, but you will receive power. This is Jesus talking. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And uh, those disciples, when they received the Holy Spirit, it radically changed them. They were hiding before and then they were standing in the city preaching the word of God. They, they, were, they, did, they made so many mistakes. They did not understand how to, I mean, they still thought Jesus was going to come take over and rule the area, I mean, like an earthly kingdom. And then the spirit comes and things change. They suddenly were a different people. They had a boldness and a power about them. They would lay hands on people and they were, they were healed. Peter would walk by and his shadow touched somebody and they were healed, okay? And, and suddenly there was a power in their life that they did not have before. And he will give you power when you receive him and, and he fills you. And um, I want to say this again. Some of you have experienced that power in your past. If it is not in your present, you need to be receiving and continuing to be filled and to know the Holy Spirit and what he wants to do in your life. I, I walk and want to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. Anytime I preach, every time I preach, I, I get on my knees and I ask the Holy Spirit to give it power because I just talk, but he has anointing and he has power. And so I pray over, I pray over the spirit, I pray over the service. I pray over the people and ask the Holy Spirit to do things because he is where the change in our lives come from. He is where the power comes from. I can give you a motivational speech. He can change your heart. He can do a mighty work in you. He can heal something in you. I, I cannot... I know this. I cannot take care of your addictions. I cannot help you with your depression. I, I don't have that ability. If I had to do that, I would quit this job because I couldn't do it. But I know the Holy Spirit can. And if I let him empower me to be used, then, then in this service today, some of you can be set free and you can be healed of things. And so what we need, we need his power. And this is how we get it, okay? It says, if Jesus was saying, if you then are evil, know how to give good, good gifts to your children, how much more will your father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? That's pretty easy. You want to receive the Holy Spirit, you ask. You ask. This is how we receive good things from him as we ask, and he will give it to you. So he empowers us, and we need to ask. Now, I, I don't want you to think of these as like three separate things, like today I need is empowering and today I need to hear. Okay, this is just how we relate all of these things, that 
as I'm going through my life, I am wanting him to speak to me. I need him to empower me. I want him to produce fruit in me. As I go through my day, I am listening. I want to be filled. I ask. I ask him to speak, okay? I ask him to fill me. This is, uh, I'm continually seeking the Holy Spirit in my relationship with him. And so we need the Holy Spirit. We need him to move in our life. And so this morning, I want to help you understand that when we come to a service, we, we don't come to watch some singing and learn some things. If that is why you're here, you're always going to limit yourself. Because what we believe is that the Holy Spirit can do more in a, than we can do in a lifetime of knowledge on our own. And if you came with a struggle, as many of us do, He can minister to it this morning. I mean, in a moment, weeks of sadness left my body sitting on my chair at home. And I can tell you how many times in a time of prayer, in a service, God has changed something in me, spoken to me, given me a vision, told me to do something different. And so I want to challenge you and encourage you that you can let the Holy Spirit minister to you. If you have no relationship with the Holy Spirit, I wanna ask you, please ask for him today. I didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. I didn't know I could have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. I didn't know he did these things. Let him fill you today. We'll lay hands on you. We'll pray for you. We're gonna say, Holy Spirit, fill them up. And we're gonna believe. And you just believe in that moment, he's there and he's filling you up. He'll empower you. He'll change you. I asked the Lord for a scripture for our altar time. And this is the verse that I have. Now the Lord is spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And I want you to know there is freedom that will be found in the spirit today. If you're struggling with something and you, you need to be free, there's something going on and you need to be free, he will give you freedom if you'll let him. So I'm gonna pray a prayer over all of us. And then we're gonna stand and we're gonna sing. And we're gonna worship. And we're gonna have prayer partners down here for you to come and receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the ministry of the Holy Spirit to let him do a work. If you wanna just find a place and kneel and just say, Holy Spirit, fill me, do it however you feel. But look, don't leave without him doing the work in you that he needs to do.